Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Prayer House Podcast. Our mission and vision is simple, to spread the gospel and good news to the ends of the world and to do it by building a community whose foundation is Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message and that it is a blessing to you. Praise be to God. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity here because it is the plan of God unless God appoints something, nobody can be in his presence. I praise God for all he has done in our lives here. The today's topic which was given to me was fasting. And since we were praying and the leader of the congregation was telling about how God answers our prayer, because sometimes we don't know how God answers our prayer. We just have to have faith. But one thing we know that he is the prayer answering God. He always answers our prayer. Before we go to the word, let us bow on our heads and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Father, we pray for this wonderful time of God. We humble ourselves before thee. Lord, we lift your name on high. We exalt you, Father God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for you are here. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we believe, Lord, in the finished work, for thou hast done great things for us. You have shed your blood for us, O God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that whatever we hear today, Lord, help us to hear it from you. Take away all the fleshy thoughts. Take away all our own imaginations or thoughts or our own intellect, Father God. We pray that let your Holy Spirit, Lord, rule our hearts, rule our mind, Father God. Help us to listen from you, hide us, but reveal yourself, O God, so that we may understand what you have for us, so that we may understand your revelation which you have for us, so that we may grow towards you, Father God. Lord, we lift your name on high. Lord, we exalt you, Father God. We thank you. We glorify you. We come into that presence of Father God. We praise you. We magnify you, Father God. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise be to God. So when we talk about fasting, we all know that we pray. When the word fasting comes, that first thing which comes into our mind that we stop taking food. And we start praying. But more than that, there are several other aspects when we pray, when we fast. So when we fast, what is the first thing we need to understand in our life? What is the first thing which God expects from us when we fast? Is fasting a mandatory rule? Or is fasting a medium which can make us close to God? than what he can do for us? Or is it just a shortcut to achieve all our requests? There are several thoughts when we think about fasting. But we need to understand what God says to us when we say the word fasting. Let us turn the scripture towards Isaiah chapter 58. It's a very familiar portion, but let us see in depth so that we can understand what God wants us to learn today. Isaiah chapter 58. Here we see, let me read it for you from verse 1. God speaks to Isaiah and he says about the children of Israel, how they were living, how they were seeking God, how they fast, how they were longing for God's presence. But it was actually a very unworthy way of seeking God because it was very different in God's eye. 
the people of israel thought that they were doing the right thing they were doing the best they can do to see god to know god to reach god to receive things from god to be set free from all the struggle but god said what you do is not what i expect but you need to do what i say to you and that is what god says through isaiah to the people of israel and of course it applies to everyone even now isaiah chapter 58 cry aloud spare not lift up your voice like a trumpet tell my people their transgression and the house of jacob their sin yet they seek me daily and delight to know me know my ways as a nation they did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their god they ask of me the ordinance of justice they take delight in approaching god the first two verses says that they had a heart to see god they had a heart to know god they were happy to be in the presence of god but they had a very wrong concept of reaching god's presence they thought that it is enough to seek god by being in the presence of god by doing the things ritually by doing things in a formal way by a formality means but it is not what god expected from them he said that you should first cleanse your hearts before you seek me unless you repent from all your sins unless you repent from all your evil ways you cannot be in my presence fasting means we need to be in the presence of god we need to be available for god's plan we need to be available for god's spirit to rule in our heart for that to happen we need to be available the way god wants us to be if we think that our self righteousness our works our efforts are enough to reach god's presence and to know god then he is not god at all because god is beyond what we can think it is just by his grace and by his favor we live we know that we are unworthy and yet he loves us he is the god who cares for us he is a god who have concern for us he is a god who left heaven and came down to the earth so that he may save us as a ransom he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son and he also says that if you want to seek my presence if you want to be in my presence if you want to reach my presence there are certain ways that you need to follow unless you obey to my words you cannot reach my presence you cannot expect god to do something in your life and that's what god teaches this people of israel he says that turn away from all your transgression turn away from all your evil ways do not try to play with god you can hide from men but you cannot hide anything from our god we need to seek his presence with a honest heart we need to completely surrender ourselves it's a complete transformative process when we continue to read 
verse 3, he says, The people of Israel asked God a question. Why have you fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have you afflicted our souls and you take no notice? They even tried to question God, thinking that they are perfect. They even tried to interrogate or investigate God's answer or God's way of answering to his people. Is God listening to us? Is God there? Is God able to do this miracle? We know that we are the children of God. This is what the people of Israel thought. They were the chosen generation, the chosen nation to declare God's glory among the nations around them in that time. But one thing they were thinking very wrong is that they took it for granted. They did not abide in the law of the Lord. They did not abide in the way of God. They did not do what the Lord wanted them to do. But rather, they believed firmly that God is gracious. He will save them. He will protect them. No matter what happens, He will be gracious to us. He will forgive us. For generations, for centuries, God was patient with them. But at the time came, God spoke through his prophets and said clearly that if you continue to live in this way, I will hand over it to you to other nations. The nations around you will come and destroy your place, your generation, your people, and you shall be left desolate. But they did not believe that. They didn't even listen to the voice of the prophets, those who were speaking in their life. Those who taught them, those who warned them what is going to come. But rather they were adamant, they were rebellious against God. And they said, nothing will shake us. We shall stand forever. We are God's people. The God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth will protect us. But rather, they didn't understand that, that their own God, the God of heaven and earth, the God of all nations, the God who protected them so far, he himself is going to hand them over to the other kings, to the heathens of the world. Maybe that would have been a heartbreak for them when it happened. But sometimes God teaches his children in a hard way. And when that happened, when the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Persians came, they were scattered, they were destroyed, they were completely ruined. They had no place to stay, they had no place to live, they had no place to pray. The most important and the great happiness they had, the temple of God, it was been completely destroyed. Now where will they go? Now where will they seek God? All they knew that the Lord's glory is in our midst. The Lord's glory is in the temple. And that's why we are so happy. We are so confident that we will be in his presence. We will be there and we will be happy and we shall not be shaken forever. And God wanted them to teach. God wanted that they may understand it is not the physical temple. It is not the temple that was built by brick and mud. But rather they need to fear the God's presence 
in their heart. They are the temple of God. If someone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy them. So God wanted them to teach a very good lesson that first, if you want to fast and pray, if you want to come in the presence of God, if you want to seek God, you need to change yourself. You need to set right the things which concerns about God's presence. The first thing that is, it's our life. It's our heart. God sees our heart more than anything. God sees our thoughts more than anything. Yes, I understand we are human. We are very weak, but he is able that he can help us to overcome every struggle, every problems that we face, every trials, every temptations, every pain we go through. God is able. So when we think about seeking God's presence by fasting, we need to understand what God says. When you continue to read the scripture from verse 4 onwards, he also wants them and he says that, Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and you strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Rather, is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloths and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? They are fashion among themselves that when you fast, they have to humble themselves. They put on sackcloths and they sat among the ashes and they spread the ashes over themselves and they showed this humbleness in an outward manner. But they were completely so prideful. They did not humble themselves in their heart. This may relate to this century too. Because we tried I'm not saying anyone of this prayer line of, or I'm not condemning anybody. Rather, I'm saying a gentle pattern that happens among Christian community. Because we try to fast, we try to be in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we forgot that it's more than what we do. We have to humble ourselves. We have to make ourselves available for God's work in our midst. It's not about our efforts by singing songs. It's not our efforts by praying for one hour, two hours, or six hours. Rather, it is allowing God to work in us. Rather, it allowing God to make our mind and heart to listen what he says. We should be able to listen what God wants us to do. It is not a one-way communication. It is a dialogue. Prayer is a two-way communication. We need to stop and listen what God says to us. We need to hear what God says to us. Unless we hear what God says to us, we cannot be transformed because the word of God, it is life-giving. The word has life. Our prayer does not have life. Our singing does not have life. Our own efforts does not have life. Rather, the God's word the word which comes out of the mouth of God has the power to transform life. It has the power to transform our thoughts. It has a power to renew our mind. It has a power to transform our life. It has a power to make us walk in His way, 
does the power to teach us what his righteousness is because our own righteousness is just filthy rags that we have been justified and we have been made righteous by the blood of Christ alone it is not by works it's just by faith in Christ Jesus and by walking and being obedient to him so when we think about fasting jesus said god said that is this not the fast that I, that i have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke see the priority which god gives us see the priority here the verse 6 says that you need to loose the bonds of wickedness you need to undo the heavy burdens you need to let the oppressed go free you should break every yoke this verse is completely talking about a spiritual warfare this verse says about a spiritual realm it does not say about a physical need it just focuses on the spiritual realm it is a battle in the heavenly realms with principalities with authorities of heavens but we can overcome it by the blood of the lamb by the power of the holy ghost so when we fast we need to understand that our fasting should be in a way that we are able to fight with the spiritual warfare with the enemy we need to be completely equipped with the protection of the armor of god in ephesians chapter 6 it says that we need to have faith truth righteousness and the list goes on so we have to focus we have to understand that unless we have been protected by the armor of god we cannot be in the battle zone because our own efforts cannot help us to overcome this battle rather we need to follow we need to protect ourselves we need to hid ourselves hide ourselves in the presence of god let god do the battle for us when he does the battle we just have to walk in the way that he wants us to walk the leader jesus christ the leader of the army is going ahead of us when he goes ahead of us we just have to follow him we just have to walk in his footsteps and we have to just copy what he does he says i am with you i have overcome everything and i can help you to overcome everything because the battle is his he says be still and see that i am the lord your god and when you continue to read the seventh verse it says that is it not to share your bread with hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh it says about our relationship with the other people in the world how we should be merciful to the people of this world sometimes we don't focus on this particular thing we do the battle we do the warfare we pray we intercede we do corporate prayers we fast for several days and weeks 
but sometimes we forget the second priority which god focuses on he also says that think about the poor in your community think about the people who are weak who are hungry who are poor who are oppressed who are marginalized we have to be a voice to them we have to pray for them and along with prayer we have to support them get along with them walk with them share the gospel to them encourage them pray with them so that they may understand the love of god so that they may understand that no matter what bondages they are completely they can be set free and then god says then your light shall break forth like the morning your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you the glory of the lord shall be your rear guard then you shall call and the lord will answer you shall cry and he will say here i am you need to understand that the first three verses from 6 to 8 was a effort that was taken by ourselves we need to walk we need to do we need to fight we need to seek and finally he said if you obey all these i will come and i will deliver you i will help you i will answer you it is not that me who is withdrawing myself but rather he says that it is because of your misbehavior is because of your act of foolishness that god's presence is not being revealed sometimes we need to understand that god is always ready to answer are we ready to receive him let me turn the scripture to some other scripture passage that explains how god was so merciful to his people we all know that when jonah went to nineveh how the people acted let me read it for you jonah chapter 3 verse from 5 onwards so the people of nineveh believed god proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them then word came to the king of nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying let neither man or beast herd or flock taste anything do not let them eat or drink water but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and crying mightily to god yes let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands who can tell if god will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish then god saw their works that they turned from the evil way and god relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it you know what happened when jonah went there 
God said that I am going to destroy Nineveh unless they repent. Their wickedness is so great that I am very furious against them. He sent his servant. And finally, when the message was proclaimed to the king and the people of Nineveh, they feared God. They said, Alas, let us repent. Let us not fight against the hand of God. Let us not be rebellious against the presence of God. Rather, let us humble ourselves. Let us turn ourselves from all our wicked ways and let us seek God. This is the exact thing what God wanted them to do. When you compare Isaiah chapter 58 and this event in Jonah, in Nineveh, God was so happy that the people of Nineveh understood what he really wanted. First thing they did is they believed God. Second thing, they humbled themselves. Third, there was no partiality among them. From the greatest to the least, they feared God. They were ready to submit to the hand of God. They were ready to humble themselves in the presence of God. From inward, they were happy to humble themselves in their heart. They said, we are sinners. Yes, Lord, we come to your presence. We turn away from all our wicked ways. Please be gracious unto us. Because of the humbleness, because, because of the true repentance they had, God was so merciful unto them. God loved them. God restored them. The first thing we need to understand to fast is that we need to believe God. We need to have faith in God that God is able to change our situations. God can turn the situations around completely. There is nothing impossible to our God. Second thing, we need to humble ourselves. We need to Humble ourselves. We need to surrender our lives. We need to humble our lives in the hand of God that he may raise us up, lift us up in the due time. Third, we need to seek God honestly and truly, not with dual mind, not with hypocrisy. Even Jesus Christ said, while he was teaching to his disciples, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. Do not make yourself known to the people that you fast. Rather, no, make known yourself to your God. Appear yourself to your Father who is in heaven. Pray in secret that you may be answered from the Father who is in heaven. It is a relationship with God, our Father, and us. Because no matter how close we are, God expects us to be obedient. He expects us to be humble. So let us focus and let us realize in which way 
are we in? Do we try ourselves by our own efforts? Do we try praying by our own capacity? Let God rule. Let the Holy Spirit take control. Let the Holy Spirit teach us because it is God alone who knows everything. If you allow Him to work in us, if you allow Him to take control of our tongue, of our heart, of our thought, He knows how to pray. He knows how to fast. He will teach us. He will lead us. He will guide us. We also know there are several events in the Bible that when people fast, God answered. When Esther fasted, God answered in such a great way that the entire Jewish people are saved. When Nehemiah prayed, God answered and he helped them to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So we need to understand that there's nothing is impossible to our God. Fasting prayer is a very important aspect in our life. Though the Bible does not say it is mandatory, but it is a spiritual discipline that even Jesus Christ taught us. He fasted for 40 days. It's not about the numbers. It is not about the quantity, how much you fast for, but rather the quality you spend in the time, the presence of God. Fasting should be a time that you are able to grow close to God. Get connected to God. Understand God's will. Knowing God's heart. Transforming our mind, renewing our mind, our thoughts, our life, our ways. Let me put an easy way of understanding fasting. Let me give you an acronym for fasting. While F stands for faith, you need to have faith in God. A stands for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that you can fast in the way God expects. While S stands for the sacrifice you need to do for God's calling. You need to Ready, you need to be ready for the sacrifice which God calls us. While T stands for the trials and temptations which you need to overcome, trial and temptation overcoming experience. When you fast, there will be problems, but rather you need to overcome it than being afraid or being stuck up in the middle. While I stands for Inquiring God's counsel. You need to inquire God's counsel. You need to know what God wants us to do. Well, N stands for new revelation. Try to get new revelations from God. You need to spend time so that God will teach you something new. The new revelation should completely revive you. And finally, 
G stands for growth in spiritual life. Growth in spiritual life. F stands for the faith. A stands for the anointing in the Holy Spirit. S stands for the sacrifice you need to do. T stands for trials and temptations that you'll be overcoming during the process. I stands for inquiring God's will and counsel. M stands for new revelation. G stands for growth in spiritual life. If you try all these steps and as the Lord leads you to do, I believe that God will help us to grow in a much greater way the Lord wants us to. To know Him more, to be with Him more, to experience Him more, and to be a medium so that we may bring many to His presence. May I know the time? Oh, I'm out of time. I'm sorry. Yeah, but let God's name be glorified. So as we fast, as we pray, we need to understand it is not our effort, it is not our uh, strength. As it is written in the Bible, it is not by might, it is not by power, it is by His Spirit. We know that. So let God's Spirit take control. When God's Spirit takes control, then nobody can stop it. Praise be to God. Let's finish it with a prayer, word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of God. We praise you, we glorify you, mighty God. Lord, we today, God, we understood what you want from us and what, Lord, we want to hear from you, God. Help us to pray in the way you want us to pray, God. Help us to fast in the way you want us to fast. Help us to understand, Lord, the importance of fasting in our life. Help us to understand the need for fasting in our life. Help us to understand the right way of fasting in our life, O oh God, so that we may know you, we may, Lord, fulfill your will. Father God, strengthen us, help us. Bless everyone, Lord, who is in this prayer. Lord, we pray, Lord, help us to grow in you, help us to live for you. Strengthen us, let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, Father God, let every obstacle be destroyed. Every sin be overcome, oh Father God. We repent, oh Father God. We turn away from all our wicked ways. Forgive our sins, oh God. Lord, make us holy. Anoint us with thy Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, oh God. Yes, Lord. Lord, we repent completely. Lord, we need you. We lift your name on high. We praise you, Father God. We glorify you. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray over you today that the Word of God touched you and transformed you as only His Word can. Feel free to leave us a rating or share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Till then, keep searching and continue to listen for His voice and we'll see you again next time.